And now let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts gathered here be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Thank you for being our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So raise your hand if you've ever been sick. Probably all of us, yeah. Probably everybody's been sick at some point. And being sick is not fun, right? You feel yucky, you feel tired. It can be scary sometimes if you're really sick. And when you're sick, you miss out on things that you want to do, maybe things you plan to do. You might miss out on things you didn't want to do too, but still, you might miss out on good things. Um, it means staying away from people sometimes, spending more time alone, or maybe missing out on hugs or snuggle time with people that you love to um, be close to so that you don't get anyone else sick. And we experienced that in our house this week. My, my two girls and my four-year-old daughter, Anna, was sick. And we didn't want anyone else to get sick. We didn't want anyone else to get sick, especially our um, six-month-old, Caroline. And so we found ourselves trying to keep them apart. So they wouldn't play with the same toys. So they weren't like hugging and, you know, touching each other all the time. Um, And this was in the interest of keeping everybody healthy. And it was only temporary, but it was really weird. Like it felt really strange. Um, Things were different from how we usually functioned. There was more physical distance in our family. Um, It was uncomfortable. It just felt like something was off until Anna was better. And then we began to freely just sort of go about our lives and hug and snuggle and do all those things that we usually do. And it seemed like everything was right in the world again. Not just because Anna was better, but because um, it seemed like our family was healed. Like our family was whole and well again because everybody was together in the way that um, felt right and the way that um, I feel like God intended. So our Bible story today is about healing from sickness. And we're gonna start out by watching a video that gives us another chance to explore the story before digging into it further. This is Thankful, the Thankful Leper. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus did many amazing things while he was on earth. It's true. One day, he was traveling to Jerusalem and was going through a village when ten men who had leprosy came to him. Now, in the time Jesus lived, leprosy was a terrible sickness that could be caught very easily. Because of this, people with leprosy were sent outside of the places that they lived. They were called unclean, and no one wanted to be close to them. Ah, gross! But when these men who had leprosy saw Jesus coming, Hey, Jesus! They called out to him and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. Oh, yeah, we in that. And as they went, they were healed and had leprosy no more. Whoa, woohoo! When one of the men saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Oh yeah, praise God! He thanked Jesus for what he had done. Ah, hmm. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this Samaritan? Looks like it! Then Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Thank you. And so the man was healed because he had faith and he was thankful for what Jesus had done for him. (laughs) 
Let's walk through the events of this story. The scripture in our video tells us that Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem, that he was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And you'll remember that Jesus and his disciples were Galileans and they were Jews. And at the time, Jews and Samaritans didn't really want to be around each other. They didn't want to associate with each other. They were enemies. And most Jews would have gone out of their way to avoid going into or through Samaria or interacting with Samaritans. Yet, as we know, Jesus was not most Jews. Jesus was different. And as he was entering a village near Samaria, meaning the mall, he was still on the outskirts of the village where the people of leprosy would have been because they weren't allowed to live in the community, 10 men who had leprosy approached him and they called out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. What were they asking for? Were they asking for healing? Perhaps. Maybe they had heard the news of Jesus' miraculous healings of others and were asking for the same. Even more likely, their call for mercy may have been a request for alms, gifts of food or money given to the poor or to those in need. They were asking for help, but they might not have known what kind of help Jesus could offer them. However, Jesus knew what kind of help they needed. He knew what kind of help they needed most. It says he saw them. In the text, he saw them after they had approached him and after they had spoken to him. I don't think it means that at that point he realized that they were there. I think he knew they were there. It means that he saw them in the sense of knowing them, in the sense of knowing them in the way that God knows us, in the sense of knowing what they needed. Healing, physical healing from their disease and spiritual healing or salvation. Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priests, and with those words, they were healed. Showing themselves to the priests would have served the purpose of regaining their cleanliness, their ability to rejoin the community. And Jesus had given them much more than physical health. He had given them back their lives. One of them, just one, when he saw that he was healed, that his life has been returned to him, turned back. Just as Jesus saw the men who had leprosy, so this man saw what Jesus had done for him. It's not that he was the only one who was healed. All of them were healed, and surely they all noticed that they were healed. But only one saw Jesus' miraculous work. By that, I mean that only one turned back and threw himself at Jesus' feet in worship and thanksgiving, praising God with what the text describes as a loud voice. And he was a Samaritan. He was one of those people who the Jews would have avoided, who they wouldn't have wanted to associate with, who they especially wouldn't have wanted in their worshiping community, in God's family. Not only was he the only one to turn back and say thank you, that he fell down in worship tells us that he recognized that God had healed him. He recognized that Jesus was the son of God. That's what worship is. Humans acknowledging that God is God in all of God's magnificence and glory, and in this case, in God's miraculous healing. Only one saw Jesus for who he was and for what he had done. Though surely all noticed that they were healed physically, and the one who did see Jesus and turn back and worship Jesus wasn't the one who the disciples or anyone else who heard this story at the time would have expected to do so. As Jesus points out, asking where the other nine are, noting that they didn't turn around and give praise to God, it was only this foreigner. The fact that he was a Samaritan didn't have to change for him to be included in the family of God. Jesus welcomed him. 
And then Jesus says to the Samaritan, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Yes, all were made well physically, but this one was healed spiritually. He wasn't just healed of leprosy, though that was important. He was also saved. His spirit was healed. All of those who were healed were given their lives back in the sense that they were allowed to return to the community, to their families, to their occupations and daily lives. But this one not only was given his health and his daily life back, he was given new life. He was saved. That's what Jesus meant when he said his faith has made him well. His faith wasn't expressed in his ask. His faith was expressed in his gratitude and his worship of God in thanksgiving. Does that remind you of something? Our memory verse, maybe? I told you we were going to do it. Okay. Can we do it? Yeah? Okay. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So the Samaritan who was healed from leprosy received Jesus, as our verse says. He believed in Jesus. And he became a child of God and a member of the family of God. Though it might not be so dramatic, God offers the same to each and every one of us. Healing for all parts of our lives. Healing that brings new life and healing that makes us a part of God's family. There are many, many different ways of understanding God, but we're going to explore this image of God as healer a little bit. I love this from Images of God for Young Children. It says... God is a healer. God sees what is good in us. He also sees what is sick. If we ask him, he will take care of us. God helps us remove what is bad, clean what is dirty, and straighten what is twisted. As a doctor heals our bodies, God can heal our hearts. Just as Jesus saw the Samaritan, and as the Samaritan saw Jesus, this says God sees us. God sees what is good, and God sees what is sick, and God can heal our hearts. In our Bible story, God also healed 10 men's bodies, but the one whose heart was healed was the one who returned to offer praise and thanksgiving, and God's healing of our hearts is a gift. Just as a Samaritan didn't do anything to earn healing and new life, we don't need to earn it either. If you were here two weeks ago, I led the children in a children's message in which I talked about this gift that Jesus offers to all of us that we can all claim for ourselves. And inside our gift was the memory verse, and it was on a red heart because it's a gift of love from God to us. And it said, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This gift of new life is offered to all of us, to everyone here, to everyone not here, even to the foreigners who we wouldn't expect or maybe who we prefer weren't included in God's family. But once we receive this gift, what does that mean for us? What does it look like to live it out in our lives? Being in the family of God means following God and worshiping God and sharing God's love with others. It means being a disciple. And if we look way back in the Old Testament at Deuteronomy, we can find some instructions for how to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It says the Lord is our God over and above all else. It says to love God with everything that we have and to live that love with everything that we have, sharing it with others and never forgetting it. We don't get to hear more of the story about the Samaritan who was healed from leprosy. We don't know how he continued to live out his salvation after his healing encounter, but I'll bet that the one who returned to fall at Jesus' feet in worship didn't just forget about the work that God had done for him. After he was welcomed into God's family, I bet he continued to worship God and to share with others what God had done for him and the healing that God had brought to his life. God calls us to do the same when God brings healing to our hearts and to our lives. And we can do this in really big ways and we can do it in small ways. And God might call us at different points in our lives to do big things or to do small things. We, God might call us to do something big like Rita Auerbach from our congregation started the Bags of Grace ministry. Or like my friend Shauna who just opened a school in Uganda for children who didn't have a school in their community. God might also call you to do something small, living out your membership in God's family. Maybe God's calling you to hand out bags of grace, or maybe God's calling you to read to a child at a local school or do something else in your neighborhood or in your family to share the welcome that God offers to all. There's one small thing that we do in our house to remind all of us whose children we are and whose family we're in. At bedtime, we um, bless our girls with a bedtime blessing. And so when we do that, we make the sign of the cross on their forehead and we say these words, you are a precious child of God and God loves you very much. May you always feel God's love and may you share God's love with others. And that's just one way that in our family, we remember whose family we are in and whose children we are. Through this simple act each day, we're reminded that we are part of God's family, that we are followers of Jesus, and we're called to share God's love beyond our own family as members of God's family. And Anna has started blessing us too, so it's not just that we remind our children, they remind us. They remind us about our work in the world as disciples, as members of God's family, and that we are called to invite others in. Another part of our work as disciples means asking God to enter into our hearts and into our lives and to change us, to bring us healing in every way that we need it. And when I read this Bible story, I wonder who else was changed and healed in our story. We don't get to hear about the disciples, but I think they were there, and the person who made our video thought they were there, but if you heard the scripture, they weren't, you didn't hear about them. The reason I think they were there, um, there's a lot of reasons, but they were in the passage before this and they're in the passage after this. Also, they were always there. The disciples were always there. The Bible tells us when the disciples were not there and it doesn't tell us they weren't there. So they probably were. Additionally, who was Jesus addressing those questions to at the end? Who was he asking about the other nine that didn't return? And who was he pointing out that the one who returned was a foreigner? I don't think he was telling the Samaritan that he was a foreigner. The Samaritan knew that already. So I think the disciples were there in the background as silent observers. I think they witnessed this healing and I wonder if it converted them too. I wonder if it helped them to see. 
I wonder if it shook up their ideas about who could be included in God's family because Jesus had included someone who was different than they might have expected. And not only did Jesus include that one, that one was the one who returned to give praise and glory and thanksgiving to God. Did the disciples also have their hearts healed from their preconceived notions of who was included in God's family? Perhaps. What about the disciples in this room? In what ways is God entering into our hearts and urging us to see? When I think about this story in our present context, I wonder who the people with leprosy are in the world today. I wonder who the people are that we exclude from community for fear of their impact on others' lives. I wonder who the Samaritans are in our world today. Who are those that we disagree with or who are so different than we are that we don't want to associate with them? And I wonder how God is calling us to offer them welcome in God's family. I wonder about the lepers and the Samaritans when I read the news, when I drive around Austin, when I read the prayer requests that come through our church, and when I think about the work of our UMC General Conference that's going on at this very moment. I wonder in what ways the family of God needs healing so that there are no lepers and no Samaritans, so that all are seen and loved and included with the welcome that God offers to all. Because everyone can receive healing in all parts of their lives. As our memory verse says, I promise this is the last time, as it says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I wonder who you resonate with in this story. Do you resonate with one of those who was, healed, who was healed physically but was so eager to get back to their lives that they failed to recognize the work that God had done? You see them in our image there in gray at the very top, really tiny, showing themselves to the priest in purple. Or do you resonate with the one who returned to worship and praise and thank God? You see him there prostrating himself before Jesus, worshiping him. Or do you resonate with the disciples, offering and have, observing and having your ideas about the world stretched and reframed in ways that help you see others and God's work in the world in a new way? We don't see them in our picture, but I think they were there, observing, paying attention. We are all part of the family of God. And as members of God's family, we're called to be disciples and to love God with everything that we have and to live that love with everything that we have, sharing it with others. And we're called to do the hard work of allowing God to enter into our hearts and our lives and to change us, to bring us healing in every way that we might need it, not only for our sake, but for the sake of the entire family of God. Just as in our family this week, our whole family received healing when Anna was well again, and we were once again able to be together in the way that felt right, the healing of individuals can bring about the healing of the whole family of God, where even the lepers and the Samaritans are welcomed and included. Where do you need healing in your life today? Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for welcoming us into your family. We are grateful that we do not need to earn the healing that you offer us in all parts of our lives. Help us to be like the man who was healed from leprosy and returned, thanking and praising you for what you have done in our lives. And help us to live as your disciples, sharing your love with others. 
Enable us to love others as you love them, whoever they are and wherever they are, whether lepers or Samaritans, welcoming all who receive you and believe in you into your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.